everyone. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to our third video on Lessons from Joshua. If you were with me last week, you saw the title of our second video, and I put at the beginning of it, Caution for Serious Christians Only. Only if you're serious about God should you watch this video. And I got so much response. So many people felt so threatened by that title. And it just shows me that when you call people out, they respond. Now, the problem with that is that they responded like I was personally attacking them. And if you were one of those people and you saw that video and it offended you, I'm sorry, it's not meant to offend you. What it was meant to do is to call you to what God has called you to. God said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? So if you watch that video and you do what, what it says, then that doesn't apply to you. But the problem is that so many people hear from God, from his word, from a pastor, from a podcast, whatever, and they don't do what he says. And so that offends God. And it says actually in the Bible that you're deceived if you hear the word of God and you don't do it. So please understand that that wasn't a personal attack against anybody because I don't know your relationship with God. But that was a cautionary warning for you not to watch a video unless you're going to do what the video says. This isn't like, you know, how to do your hair on YouTube or something. This is very serious stuff. And God holds you responsible for everything that you learn about him. I am so concerned with this all the time. In fact, it scares me quite a bit because the Bible says that to not let many of you be teachers because you will be held to a higher standard. And that scares me as a teacher of the gospel. So everything I teach you, I do. Let's go ahead and get into our lesson. I just wanted to make that disclaimer. And if you're watching this video, I expect you and God expects you to apply what you learn in this video going forward. So again, if you're not going to apply it, just turn the video off. You do not want to be responsible to God for this. All right. So lessons from Joshua. I have my husband in the room just to help me have somebody human to talk to. Sometimes when I look in the camera, I get a little lost because I don't feel like I'm talking to a person. So if you'll forgive me, I'm going to be looking at him for the most part of the video. It just helps me. That doesn't lessen the lesson any. Don't worry about that. All right. So what we talked about last week was the lessons from Joshua, but we didn't get into the book of Joshua yet. We got into the book of Numbers. And if you remember last week, we talked about Joshua being called by God as one of the 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan. The issue was that God didn't want 12 spies to go into the land of Canaan. Actually, he didn't want anybody to go in the land of Canaan. He just wanted Moses to go into the land of Canaan. And the people were so freaked out about just going into Canaan that they asked, can we have somebody go check it out for us? And I didn't talk about this last week, but the problem with that is we do that. We do that now. In other words, as Christians, we will say, oh, I, I, I can't believe for healing for myself. So I'm going to go talk to I'm going to go talk to this pastor who I know that they've had miracle classes and miracle um, events and I'm going to go get healing from them. I'm going to go let them check it out. Then I'm going to take some of the fruit that they bring back because we're afraid to step out and trust God on our own. That's one of the things I was talking about last week a little bit was the fruit of the inheritance. You know, 
the fruit that they found in the land of Canaan was so big that they had to have two men carry it on a pole. I'm talking about a bunch of grapes. Two men on a pole in between them carry it. And so what happened is the grapes will go bad really quickly, you know, and they didn't have refrigeration. And so what they had to do is they had to show it to all the congregation and then start handing it out. And that's what God wants. He wants the fruit of the inheritance to be received by the person who got it and then handed out to the congregation. And the problem with the inheritance right now is that most people will rely on a professional Christian to bring them their fruit instead of going and getting the fruit themselves. They want somebody else to go get it and bring it back to them. And then the second thing we talked about last week with this Joshua business was the bad report. In Numbers, the children of Israel congregate and the 10 spies come back and then Joshua and Caleb, they're part of the 12 spies. But the 10 spies, they say, oh yeah, it was a land of milk and honey, but there's these giants in the land. Joshua and Caleb say, oh, no, 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 no. Yes, there's giants in the land, but we're well able to overtake them. And the children of Israel don't believe Joshua and Caleb. They believe the 10 spies. Well, this sets off a course of events that would last four years. So the problem with a bad report is that most people don't understand what a bad report is. They think that a bad report is saying something mean or cursing something like, oh, that sorry sucker, he did this and he did that. They think that's a bad report. Or she's so mean, she's so awful and talking bad about somebody. That's not, that is included in a bad report, but that's not all inclusive of a bad report. A bad report is saying anything at all, catch this, a bad report is saying anything at all that threatens the inheritance that God promised you. And so it's like this. If you have a report from the doctor that says you have such and such a disease, but God said that he healed all your diseases, talking about the bad report, researching the bad report on Google, you're receiving that bad report. And the problem isn't really talking about it. The problem is what you believe. Because talking gets you to believing things. The talking is just the start of it. It's really what happens when you talk or when you hear somebody else talk. And that's exactly what we see in the story of Joshua and Caleb and the Israelites in the book of Numbers is we see these 10 spies coming back saying, yeah, it's a land of milk and honey. Yeah, God promised us this, but there's this circumstance or that circumstance that we don't know if we can handle. Well, of course you don't know if you can handle it because you can't handle it. God can handle it. And so the issue is you need to step out and not talk about what you can handle. Just do what God told you to handle. And that's where people miss it. And that's where they get into a bad report. They go to saying, oh, well, we have this many bills and I want, and we want to do this, but we can't because we have no idea where this other money is coming from. I am personally very guilty of that. Looking at our finances and saying, oh, well, I want to do this and that, but um, this and this and this have to happen. So basically, I'm looking at the circumstances instead of looking at what God told me to look at. And what happens is that we begin to react on the words of the bad report. Now, why is that a problem? First of all, let's examine the reasons that we give a bad report or that we receive a bad report. Number one is fear. 
When the children of Israel sent the spies, they were afraid. They were afraid to trust God, right? And so when the 10 spies went in, they saw these giants in the land and they were afraid of the giants. Now, there's some very interesting things that are not delineated in the Bible about that particular situation. Like the fact that during that time, when Israel was about to go into the land of Canaan, the, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Philistines, all of those people that inhabited the land of Canaan at that time, the giants that the Israelites were so afraid of, were actually suffering. They were suffering from plagues and diseases. They were dying off because of these plagues and diseases, and they had been at war with Egypt, so their numbers were greatly diminished. See, the children of Israel didn't know that because they were just, you know, over here in the wilderness. And so they didn't see what was going on on the other side of the mountain. They just saw these great big people and were scared to death of them. But so often, because we are on our side of the mountain, we don't see what's going on with the people that are involved in our situation on the other side of the mountain. And so when God tells you to do something and you see this thing that looks like a threat, you don't do it because you get afraid that you can't do it. Well, you can't do anything without God, so you might as well just throw that idea out of the way. Anyways, the Bible says you can do nothing without me, but praise God, you're never without him, right? He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So there, there goes that entirely. So the first reason that we don't act to receive the inheritance of God is out of fear. And the very interesting thing about fear is if you examine it, if you boil it down, fear is self-centeredness. I'll give you an example. If I gave you a million dollars and I said, I want you to build a bomb with a million dollars. Do you know that building a bomb is illegal? Of course you do, right? But if I give you the, build, the million dollars and I put it on you to build the bomb at my word and you begin to build the bomb and somebody comes to you and says, why are you building a bomb? The very first thing you're going to do is you're going to say, she told me to do it. You're going to blame shift me immediately, right? You're not going to have the same amount of fear because you're not responsible. You understand? So when you don't act on God's word, it's because you think you're responsible for bringing the inheritance to pass. You think somehow that this is your idea in the same way that if I provoked you to build a bomb, you would think it was your idea to build a bomb. And then when the authorities came to you, you'd be very afraid because you knew it was your idea. And you were relying on you. And so you were all to blame. That's why you would be afraid. But if it was somebody else's idea, if it was my idea, if I had the authority, you would immediately shift it to me and say, oh, she told me to. See, because you wouldn't be responsible. It wasn't your idea. You aren't responsible for bringing it about. You have nothing to do with it except I told you to do this one thing right? And so your fear is lessened because it's not your responsibility. And that's how you can tell when somebody is believing that they, it's on them to bring about the inheritance if they get into fear because they're afraid that they haven't done this or they haven't done that. They haven't read their Bible. They haven't prayed. They haven't been good enough. They've cussed. They've gotten a fight with their spouse. And so they think I can't lay hands on somebody and get them healed because I'm not perfect. I'm afraid to go give a word of prophecy to this person because I know that I just cussed out my boss. See, because when you're afraid to act on what God told you to act, it's because you're believing that the result is in your court and it's not. Okay, that's the first reason that people 
get into a bad report. That's the first reason that they speak a bad report, and that's the first reason that they receive a bad report. The second reason is that the natural man, for some reason, wants to put themselves in bondage. You know, the children of Israel had been in Egypt for 480-something years at this point, and they had been in bondage that entire time. But there's a strange thing about being in bondage. I've been in abused relationships. I've been abused in relationships, I should say. And I've been not just like romantic relationships, but also, you know, in workplace relationships. And I think most people have where bosses, you know, just take advantage of them. And I think there's a Dolly Parton song that says that your boss takes credit for all your ideas and doesn't give you any credit, you know. And uh, I think a lot of people have been in that situation. And, but the, but the situation is that they have a constant paycheck, you know, yes, their boss is doing this wrong to them, but they still have a constant paycheck. They can rely on that. And when you're in an abusive situation, somehow you manipulate it. You know, I was abused and the person that was very abusive to me told me, well, I wouldn't have hit you if you would have cleaned the house or I wouldn't have hit you if you wouldn't have worn that. So in a twisted, sick way, I thought, aha, I have some control over this situation. I just clean the house, or I just don't wear that, and I won't get into trouble, right? So I begin, as an abused person, I begin to manipulate the situation. I begin to manipulate the authority that's been expressed over me. In the same way that a person who's working for a, for a boss who isn't walking in integrity will begin to manipulate that boss. In other words, yes, I know that he takes credit for my ideas, so I'm only going to give him a little bit of my idea, just enough to let him hang himself, so I'll still get paid, but I'm still going to hurt him, right? Or I'm going to kiss up to him so that he stops doing that. In both situations, you're manipulating an authority figure over you. So when you receive a bad report, what happens typically is that you try to manipulate the authority. And that's exactly what we find in the book of Numbers. We find that the children of Israel actually wanted to elect a new leader to take them back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to that place where they had security and safety. They wanted to say, they said to God, why did you bring us out here and put us in the middle of the desert so we could die out here? We need to go back to Egypt. It would be better if we go back to Egypt than we die going into Canaan because we get afraid to take the inheritance, so we want to go back to a situation that we had some measure of control in. And so that's why we engage in bad reports, because, because we feel like we're losing control. And so we want, to, we want to talk about things, and we want to manipulate things so we can gain some control of the situation, because it's a very scary thing just to trust a God that we can't see and do what he says do. It's a very scary thing to our flesh. And so naturally we want to retract. Naturally we want to get back to where we had some security. Yeah, Pharaoh was a jerk, but we can make more bricks. Yeah, my boss is a jerk, but at least I get a paycheck. Yeah, this person I'm in a relationship with is a jerk and is mean to me, but at least I'm not alone. So what we do is we take, take those situations and we try to manipulate authority to where it bends to our will. And we do this with God. 
we try to bend God to our will. Well, Lord, I want to do this, and I want you to bless it. Lord, I want to move here, and I want you to bless it. And so that's what a bad report will do. In other words, you'll get a report say, oh, you don't have enough money to pay your bills this month. So you'll start blame shifting. And you start blame shifting. Well, I would have had enough money, but that jerk boss of mine, he did this. Or I would have had enough money, but a tire blew. Or I would have had enough money, but this, but that, and the other thing. And you start talking about all this stuff instead of talking about what God promised you. Right? Now, is all that stuff true? Yeah. You're talking the truth. But you're not talking the truth. Basically, you're saying what you see in the natural world, but you're not speaking what God told you was true. And this is really important to remember because in Numbers chapter 13, verse 23, actually not in the King James Bible, but in the Septuagint, I'm going to read this for you. God says something really interesting about the children of Israel that are about to go into the land of Canaan, or actually are not about to go into the land of Canaan. He's really mad that they're grumbling and complaining, and he comes to Moses and he says this to Moses, and it is profound. Numbers chapter 13 verse 23 out of the Septuagint says as many as know not good or evil every inexperienced youth to them I will give the land. God says that he wants somebody who doesn't know good or evil. He wants somebody with no experience to have the inheritance. Why does he say that? Because what happens is when you receive an evil report you start thinking you know good and evil. You start thinking, well, this would have been good, but this evil thing happened. Or I know how to fix this evil thing that's happening. And you start doing this. And the problem with that is that your heart starts to accuse God of lying to you. You may not articulate it. You may not say it, but that's what happens. So they said, God told us he, we would be coming into this great land of milk and honey, and the promises are here, but we didn't know there was this other stuff, these giants, right? And so what it looks like in our life, this side of the cross, this side of the land of Canaan, is that we say, oh yes, God promised to give us perfect health, but I've got the flu. And so what we do is we start to harden our heart toward God. Right? And if you're really humble, you'll do something like this. Well, what did I do to cause it? Instead of just saying, hell no, Satan, get behind me, get under my feet, and fighting for hours and hours and hours, and resisting sin to the point that it needs to be resisted to, till it gets off of your body. And people don't do that. They start making excuses, and they start hardening their hearts little after little after little. And what's happening is they're actually accusing God of deceiving them. And so what they do is they take somebody else, somebody who can represent God to them, who's not really God to them, but can represent him, and they get that person to agree with them. You see this all the time in churches. You see that a person, a very innocent, sweet, brand new Christian that maybe heard that God blessed, blesses his people with divine health, and they've heard this, they've gotten saved, they know nothing. They've just walked through life knowing nothing. They're very innocent. They go into this church. They get saved. They believe in divine health. And all of a sudden, they get sick. They go to the pastor, and he doesn't lay hands on them. And they don't get healed. But they stick with it. And so year after year after year, every time they get sick, they go to the pastor. And the pastor says, well, you know, it's that time of year. So what have they done? They've manipulated the God's authority into agreeing with their experiences. So that they don't have to have the guts to stand up and take God at his word. 
And that's the problem with an evil or a bad report. And that's exactly what the children of Israel were doing. They were accusing God of being deceptive. They were hardening their hearts, not only to God, but now to man, Moses and Aaron and anybody else who represented God. The other thing that Jesus, excuse me, that God said that he would do in Numbers chapter 14, in verse 24, he actually says that he will allow Caleb to come into the promised land. Why? He says because there was a different spirit in Caleb. And he would obey him. Right? Well, the good news is that God has put his spirit on the inside of us. And Isaiah 11 says it's the spirit of the fear of the Lord. In other words, the spirit of God is on and inside of us. And we have an unction to obey God. So we don't have an excuse like the children of Israel did have an excuse that they were completely dead spiritually and they they could choose more freely than we can because we have the Spirit of God. Now we can choose to listen to God from the inside. They had to choose to listen to the Spirit of God from the outside. And so we have less of an excuse not to follow God than they did. And so when a Christian who knows the Word of God, who is attacked with something and immediately the Holy Spirit rises up on the inside of that Christian saying no 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 that's not what I say and that Christian refuses to believe the spirit of the living God that's rising up on the inside of them there is worse for them because to him who much is given much is required the Spirit of God Almighty the Creator of the universe is telling you I have healed you and you are choosing to walk away from that you are choosing to disbelieve that and that's a very scary thing. And so God doesn't want you to hear an evil report. God wants people who don't know the difference between good and evil. The people who are inexperienced. That's why in the New Testament, God says that he wants you to be ignorant concerning what is evil, but wise concerning what is good. He wants to be the one to tell you what to do and what not to do. He wants to be the one to inform your mind about what is good and what's not good. So what happens when you do all of this believing of an evil report and you start to harden your heart toward God and you start to accuse God in your heart is in comes confusion. Now you don't know who to believe. You don't know if you believe that the news, you don't know if you believe other Christians, you don't know if you believe God, you don't know if you believe the voice in your head or you don't know what to believe. You have this confusion, right? You know, I've heard it said by some Christians, some charismatic Christians actually, our pastor brought up the other day when he was preaching that um, a very, very educated Christian who's an assistant to him was trying to get him to go to a, like a free health clinic and he refused to go. And when he called this person out on it, the person said, oh no, it's wisdom. It's wisdom. See, that's what Christians, Christians who know a lot, they'll do that. They'll say, oh, it's wisdom to go and get yourself checked out. It's wisdom to do this. It's wisdom to do that. I tell you what, if God didn't tell you to do it, then it's not wisdom. Because then you're doing something out of fear and not out of faith. Now, if God says, I want you to go down and I want you to go to the free health clinic, then by all means, go and do what God says to do. But if he didn't tell you to do that, then it's not wisdom to do that. And so Christians will get into that and they confuse themselves because they've believed a bad report. And so that's what comes. You believe a bad report, you get into confusion. And just like the children of Israel, when you're confused, you wander. You wander around, not knowing which way to go, not knowing what to do with your life, not knowing what to believe with your life. You wonder, and then you wander.
Confusion causes wondering and it causes wandering. And confusion comes by listening to a bad report. I'm going to close up for right now. If you've watched this, I fully expect you to do everything that God has told you to do with this video. I fully expect you to receive all of the words that I've spoken that are from the Holy One of Israel. Receive them down into your heart and change your life with what you've learned here. Hit me up on Facebook, WWW Ministries. By the way, if you're in Southern California on February 15th of 2020 at the Escondido Community Center, 10 a.m., we're going to have a discipleship boot camp that we would love to have you at. In this boot camp, we're going to learn how to manifest the Holy Spirit when you need to. Of course, it's at His will. But if you don't even know how to do that, you're never even going to recognize when it is His will. So I'm going to wrap it up for now. Stay tuned for the next Ser the next video in this series where we're going to get into some more lessons from Joshua and how it's going to affect you as a leader in the body of Christ. Remember that I love you and that Jesus loves you.